0: for the Crime of the Century podcast where we expose higher education as a scam that it is. I am Kevin Prendeville, and I believe that because of what we're teaching our students we're losing an entire generation. Today as always we'll be diving headfirst into controversial subjects undaunted by political correctness. Now a subject that took me a while to realize pretty much my entire life was that our rights come from God not government and not man. And it's this shift in thought that has changed my entire outlook and perspective on not only our constitution, but the order of things and the order of the world. And the only way that I came to this conclusion was through my own study of our founding fathers and their philosophy. And unfortunately, this, the ability to do that has been taken away in our public schools and in our colleges. And above all else, what we're going to discuss today is why this shift in thought may never be corrected and there is historical precedent as to why this is happening. So, stay tuned, this is the Crime of the century. So the historical precedent for this is not something new or something that um, has recently been rediscovered, it's actually should be common knowledge. And it starts in the 20s in the Soviet Union. After the Russians consolidated their power and began to execute the undesirables, their first target was uh, Christianity. Now, uh, Stalin would later go on to call religion the opium of the masses and took on the Marxist thought that the idea of religion was some sort of oppressive power structure. Keep in mind that the entire entire time Marx was writing his book, his entire arguments were based on the morality and the ethos of, of Christianity, but don't let that get in the way of your view of him. Uh, and so, naturally what happened is Russia is not, or historically was not Christian in the way they weren't Catholic, they weren't even Greek, they were Russian Orthodox, which is a sect of Christianity that broke off um, Early into uh, the BC era, or the Common Era, or um, at, after the year of the Lord, and had gone on as a state religion for, for many many years in Muscovy, which was the precursor to Russia. And what happened in the in the twenties, in the in the late twenties, in addition to murdering millions of, of Ukrainians. Um, the Soviets also targeted churches. They had them burned and uh, torn down, much like the communists did in Spain in the 30s. Rocks were thrown through uh, priests. in Orthodox uh, Russian religion would have longer beards, closer, a little bit closer to kind of what you would see in Judaism. They had a lot of ceremonial uh, hair, the- and so uh, their cer- ceremonial garbs would be ripped off in, and burned in Russia, and they would have their beards cut, they'd be hanged in some cases. Um, And this was all sanctioned by the government and then enforced in their learning institutions. Granted, this was uh, Russia, so they don't have a whole lot of prestigious colleges. It's not like a Germany, it's not like a France, or an England. But regardless, they still did have institutions of learning where you'd go to learn how to be a good communist. And one of the aspects of learning being forced to accept the idea that it was forced atheism. It was nobody coming to that conclusion and deciding for themselves that they were going to be an atheist. Not even really an atheist, because an atheist can still believe in God, just not a religion or a religious doctrine. They were closer to someone who simply didn't believe in a creator. And so this is kind of the, not not the first time you see this in history, but it is the most prominent example, the most relevant today because a lot of our social thought in the West uh, is based on kind of a cult- cultural Marxism. That is undeniable. And where that comes from is our universities and our schools and our places where we go to learn how the world works, or at least that's the sales pitch. and. A lot of what we learn about our own history um, in the U.S. nowadays, and this is seen even in the public schools, and I'll start there first, is it's more taught that the First Amendment is freedom from religion, not necessarily freedom of religion, and that is a key difference. Freedom from uh, of religion indicates that there are different religions; there is no state religion, obviously, and I. And I would tend to agree with that. There's no state religion. There's no church that's endorsed or receives money from the government. But the idea that you can have many different relation, uh, religions in a culture is absolutely fine. Freedom from religion, though, means that the government actively suppresses any religion or any practicers of of a certain religion, something that's in an effort to quell uh, uh, dissent. So what I mean by that is when it comes to cultural Marxism and a lot of the sociological trends that we see, the idea that religion is inherently evil and an oppressor is seen in the idea that the First Amendment means freedom from religion, that you don't have to listen to somebody who is religious regardless of how rational their thought is. And and that really started uh, in practice in in the 20s in, in Russia. And that does affect how we think today because when you go back, and you look at the history of the United States, I mean, we are a Christian nation and you cannot dispute that. We have our morality and the structure of our society is Western. And much of what defines the West, like it or not, is Christianity. To deny that or to say that it's a oppressive structure or somehow is at war with, with, with humanity itself, as some would imply, is a fallacy. You don't have to accept every tenet of Christianity, but to say that it is actively hurting the progress of a nation is rather asinine and, and, and not a claim that is well grounded in anything other than ideology and what we're learning however is that rights are the founding fathers thought and they thought their way to rights that isn't necessarily how it happened see the enlightenment was about rationality and was about thought and was about experimentation it's a lot of the scientific theories in terms of how to come to conclusions how to a lot of, uh, how to think. Uh, there was a lot of mathematical births in the Enlightenment, or it became possible because of the Enlightenment. And so the Founding Fathers didn't necessarily think their way to our founding rights, but they more or less observed in the natural order, in the natural world, what rights inherent to the individual. What, what they are and what the government cannot therefore limit as the government is a human construct. And by that token, it means that the government cannot take away those rights because they did not give those rights. They simply recognize those rights. But that's forgotten and replaced with the government giveth and the government taketh. And so you see with this, this debate with the Second Amendment, for instance, that you have no right to, to have a gun because the government gave you the right and they can take it away. But the right to self-preservation and the right, which includes fending off tyranny, that is a form of self-preservation, to take that away and to argue that the the government has the right to take that away is simply a fallacy because it's observable in nature that all things have a right to defend themselves. It is not based on pure reason though, it does have roots in a Judeo-Christian tradition. That doesn't mean it's strictly in the Bible or that we took all of our laws from the Bible, but it does mean that we have a certain morality. And that's the other thing that's, that's been stripped away is that we've gone all the way to the side of, when it comes to political correctness of there are no morals and everything is relative but to have a standard to be offended by, in political correctness terms, you need to have morals in the first place. And if somebody says, well, I believe this is true. I think this is true. See, this is the great fallacy of relativism. Because the idea is that there is no truth, but you can see your own truth. Let's, let's follow this for a second. If you can see a truth that, that, that you believe in your heart, that is real would that not make it a truth would that ma- not make it real so then how can you say there is no truth because if something's true something's wrong so it's it's a it's a fallacy it's a lot illogical loop that 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 collapses in on itself when given any sort of serious thought but the problem is that this is the prevailing this is really where that that cultural marxism is based in that everything is relative Everything is not only observable by science, but observable by the human mind, created by the human mind, observed and seen as true by the human mind. And that's simply not how the world works. I, for a fact, the reason we have mathematics, the reason we have science, is not to define laws, it's to recognize laws in nature that already exist and quantify it in a way we can understand. That's what mathematics is. I mean, you, we know five plus five is 10. We would know logically how to deduce X plus five equals 10 and get to that, that the we can reason out what X is. It's just a way of understanding numbers. It's a way of understanding how the world works. Science is how we come to those conclusions. And religion is therefore why everything it is, the way it is, and to say that everything is relative, that there is no truth, would brazenly defy mathematics and science, first and foremost. So even on a non-religious standpoint, the entire basis for cultural Marxism is, is rotten and easily thrown over, but you're not allowed to say it. And that's the problem, that's why it comes back to these institutions of learning, we'll call them. They deny that the US is a Christian nation They push this cultural Marxism theory where every class is fighting every other class and everything is relative. And what this allows people to do is attack each other and feel justified because they all feel like the victim. You see this, the New York Times just published an anti-Semitic article that said that the Jewish nation of Israel can't be a democracy because Judaism is inherently anti-democratic. I didn't realize Julius Stryker was writing for the New York Times. I didn't realize the Daily Stormer had a new name and apparently it was the New York Times. That, I mean, can you imagine who said that about Islam? Which is actually true, because you can look at all the theocracies that we've been fighting, be it Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iran, Iraq, all these theocracies that are completely based on what the uh, Islamic people see as true. And you could say, well, that religion flies in the face of, de- of democracy, and you'd be called a bigot. Say it about the Jews though, who have their own state, which is democratic, which has 20% uh, uh, Arab population, mind you, and a small little area, and you're justified. You could say the same thing about Christianity. You could say, "Oh, I believe Christianity flies in the face of democracy, regardless of whether the fact that it has allowed it to thrive for generations." And and you be called this this great hero who's who's fighting the man and fighting uh, religion. But you say you dare say that about Islam, or you dare say that about any other minority quote-unquote religion and you're this evil bigot who needs to be shouted down as a Nazi. And it all comes back to this this cultural Marxist theory which is promulgated in our institutions which has its roots in Soviet Russia which has its roots in Marxism in the Communist Manifesto. Which is why none of this is in a bubble. Everything is not relative so much as it is connected and If we allow this to go on and play ourselves as the victim, play ourselves as the victim over and over again and can only see the way out of this victimhood by kneeling to the government, then we lose what made the United States the United States, which was flying in the face of all this. And to allow this to happen without a fight is a crime, on our part, and part of the crime of the century. And these institutions aren't exactly helping, so this is part of the crime of the century, but it's part of the social structure of, of the United States today, and the way to fix it is by prosecuting those who commit this great crime. This is crime of the century.